0: And they can start the party at Spotlands. That's a brilliant goal
1: from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what's a goal? Goal oh, is drilled home by Steve Davis. Here yeah, then in he comes Patterson. Oh, he has gone! And now it's Thompson. That is And it's a
0: hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League
1: One! Hello and welcome to the Rochdale AFC.com podcast the first podcast of the year um after a bit of a break due to well a lack of dale games since the uh the christmas period i am joined as always by chaff chaff how are you mate
2: yeah cosmic mate how are you
1: yeah not bad not bad thank you rye how are you yeah not bad and luke swimmers as well luke get getting on good mate he's already starting to be negative and and it, it's off. all in his voice then what a miserable <laughs> way of saying hello. <laughs> uh, right, so well, there things to do, right? Just go. <laughs> how is every, I mean, we've not even got into anything yet, but how has everything changed where Rye has become the super negative one? <laughs> what happened in 2021, man? <laughs> so, we've got um one Dale game to look at. Uh, Dale returned to action last Saturday with a 2 0 defeat at Tranmere, but we've also got a few ingoings and outgoings in the transfer market to talk through. And we can look ahead to the return to Scotland this Saturday with Bradford on the way. Um, so, chat. we'll get straight into that game at Tramere. Um, Not the perfect way for us to come back um, for a bit of a break. and It was pretty much game over before it had begun, in a way, with, with those two early goals conceded, wasn't it?
2: It was. Um, I didn't go to the game, so I can't comment on anything that happened in the game, because i am not even seen the highlights. Um, but I wasn't Really surprised um, with the result. Tranmere are flying, um, probably the in team in the league. And we'd just come back from a break of about three weeks uh, due to COVID cases. So there was always going to be a bit of rust on our part. And um, Tranmere being in form, I expected them to win the game. That's not an excuse for for us to, to defend so poorly, though. And it's not something that we're su- surprised about. Um, but in in many respects, with the way that the month has started off in terms of lack of match fitness, um, Marley and Jake Beasley leaving, we were always... So we were always against the odds in that game. I think, um, pretty much a makeshift team. No Corey either, obviously, which meant that George Broadbent of all people went to right wing back, and that tells you what the state of the squad is at the at the minute without the without the signings that we that we need. So disappointing, not unexpected. Um, we can bounce back.
1: Yeah, right. I know I know you did go to the game uh, on Saturday because we were sat together at Prenton Park. Do you think that's kind of a fair assessment, having seen it yourself?
0: Yeah, I think you can put it down to... Tramma are a good team. Um, I think me and Luke commented on it um, halfway through, that we seem to have experience in the right places, you know, all through the spine of a team with Peter Clark, who was just, to be honest, he was exceptional on Saturday. Um, And then Jay Spearing in midfield as well. Um, And yeah, like Chaff said, I think three weeks without playing, caught up with us, losing, well, three key players caught us as well. Um, But I I don't necessarily agree that Broadbent playing right wing back shows the state of our squad currently. That was just a um, a bad decision, I think. I didn't understand it when I saw it line up. He's he's never looked like a right wing back. And he looked less of one after the game than he did before it. Um, It just didn't make sense to me that. But yeah, it was sort of, I think we all turned up, not really expecting anything. It happened that way. You sort of look at it, two mistakes cost us. But I don't think that tells a full story. They completely took a foot off a gas once we got the second one. I think that was evident. Um, I don't think it was necessarily us coming back into the game and playing well, because I don't think we did. Um, but, yeah, I think it was just almost a bit of a, not a free hit as such, but it, I didn't expect anything from it. We didn't get anything from it.
1: Yeah, Luke, I, I mean, the stats show that we were very much in the game. Um, I mean, our XG, for example, shows that we probably should have won the game. Um was that a case like Ryan said of, of Tramair just controlling it once they had the lead, or do you think we, maybe we deserve more than we actually got on Saturday?
3: Um, I, I think you could you could make a point for for us earning the goal out of the out of it. Um, earning the victory would be would be too strong. I, I, I would say. I think I think Tramier did they they rightly set off, and I don't think to be honest with you, I think Tramair's game plan just worked a treat. I think it would have been obvious that they would have. Um, they would have wanted to get off to a quick start and and kind of you know take advantage of the break that we had and and they definitely did that. They, I was really impressed with how they just got in our faces um, right from the get go. That that opening twenty minutes, there was just no time on the ball for anyone, um, and it was quite impressive the way the way kind of kind of did that. And they just played with a lot more bite and a lot more fizz. And and yeah, you know it was obvious that. You know, if you're gonna say which team mayor hasn't played for, for, for a while you you'd definitely point at, point at us. Um, they took the foot of the gas I think in part because they got what they needed the two goals they're at home they got the best defensive record in the league. they can kind of rely on on that um, but then energy wise as well I don't I don't think any league two team is able to kind of you know keep the tempo that they kind of set um, in that opening 20 and, and and that's where the damage was done really. Um, I thought we played some neat stuff, uh, you know, once we kind of settled into the game. But again, it's really hard to gauge, is that good because we're making Tramier work for it? Or is that because Tramier kind of know how to manage a game out and kind of are quite happy with us having the ball in certain parts of the pitch and whatnot? But we did create the odd chance. And um, for me, I, I would say we deserved a goal out of it, but, but nothing more than that, really.
0: Yeah, I, I was just going to say I found it. I think in some parts, some my view of the season so far, because I came out the ground and looked at the stats afterwards, and it almost baffled me, like how many shots we had and how many shots on target. Because sort of in the ground, I don't remember ever really getting anywhere close to There it. Because it the O'Connell header that I think we all thought was in, um, when the goalkeeper saved it the near post. But aside from that, I don't remember getting like excited too many times and thinking, oh, we, we're going to score here. Well, I mean, but, Mat- Matty Dawn's chance was... Matty Dawn's chance, yes. But aside from that one, like, I don't I, I don't know. I just found it, I found it, bath-like. you could be forgiven if you didn't go and you look at the stats and you, you sort of go, oh, we, we must have played well. We've been unlucky again. We've just not finished our chances. But I think when, I don't know, it just seemed weird to me when I saw it afterwards. I just, I don't remember thinking, oh, yeah, we did have loads of chances there. I just couldn't get my head around it, really.
1: Jeff, do you think part of that might be like that we don't have a striker at the moment? So, like when the chances are falling to players like O'Connell who's a centre-half or Don, who's been badly out of form in front of goal for God knows how long now, it's not quite the same as a chance falling to a player you expect to score. It's like a chance of falling to players we can't really rely on in front of goal, so they don't feel like the same sort of level of chances, if that makes sense.
2: Um to an extent, maybe. Um, Andrews is a striker. I'd expect chances to be to be taken by him. Um, that's primarily his job. Um, I don't know whether he got any, because um, I said I didn't go, but um, I'd expect him to take chances if they fall to him, and he has done this season. Um, aside from that, yeah, you, you, you're probably right. Matt Dorn has... There's just nothing there for me. There's there's nothing there anymore. Um, as as good a servant as he's as he's been, there's I don't see what he offers anymore. Um, the likes of newbie and Udo, I've said it countless times. Um, especially Udo, need, need to contribute more, um, and the fact that they don't. In fact, Udo certainly doesn't. He won't be doing his confidence any good. That's possibly why any slight chance that might come up, he snatches at it. Um, Newbie does chip in with goals, but not so much recently. Um, and that miss from the Newport game still probably playing on his mind. Um, cause it would be if it was mine, it were that bad. Um, but yeah, I think you've probably got a point we, we had... We've got a striker now, but going into the game against Tranmere without Jake Beasley was massive. Um, the the work rate that he gives you, the the opportunities that he works for, whether it's for himself or for, for others, um, is huge, and that would have been a huge miss. So, yeah, I think you've got a point there, mate.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I've kind of forgotten about Andrews because... We didn't really create any chances until he'd gone off. Um, and the substitutions were strange, I thought, because Andrews is your only striker in the squad. You're needing two goals and you take him off. Seems like a strange decision to me. And then, right, we were saying at the time, weren't we, that Nubi wasn't playing particularly well, but just seemed to be getting into the game. And then we took him off for five minutes. He looked like he was going to make something happen. So it was a bit of a two sort of strange decisions. And then... Obviously, that that miss from Doan has made it look even stranger.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think, to be fair, I don't think Andrews offered anything at all. Um, But like you said, if anyone in that squad you want a chance to fall to, it's Josh Andrews. Um, I think when he came off, I think I turned and asked everybody how many goals are on the pitch this season, how many league goals. Did we come up with six, maybe seven? (laughs) And that's just never good enough. Um, so to take one player off who you know who can finish, he's proven he can finish. You know it was baffling. Um, I think a lot of the substitutions this season have seemed strange at points, um, but that was up there with one of the strangest I think I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it just didn't make any sense. And I think, but like you said, we almost seemed to get better once those changes were made. I actually think that. Matty Dawn's movement when he did come on was excellent. Um, I don't think he got the ball of a service every time, but I watched him quite closely when he did come on and I thought his movement was really good. Um, You can't legislate for that miss. You've got to score. I don't care who you are, you've got to score. I think there's four people on this call who would have scored that, to be honest. Um, So how he's missed, I'm not sure, but... It's, so, it's a shame, because when I are when watching his movement, he almost takes you back to the Matty Dorn that we fell in love with. Um, but he's just not got that that end product anymore, unfortunately. But, yeah, it, it was strange, to say the least.
1: Yeah, I do wonder whether maybe we've seen the last of Matty Dorn um, after that, unfortunately. Um, Luke, I'll come to you on, on Broadbent. Ryan mentioned him before. Wasn't it was a bit of a surprise to see him there? I think we all expected um, Stephen Dooley to be slotted in at, at right wing back. Looking at the team, I didn't personally. I didn't think he was that bad. He's he was quite clearly not. He's quite clearly not a long term option there. But he put the cross in for that Dawn chance, and I guess he would point to both goals coming from the opposite side, where where Ady White. I thought had quite a poor game by contrast. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I don't think he is a right wing
3: back, but, um, and I think again, it didn't help that Tremé was so aggressive in the press. It worked like he could get his foot on the ball and get his head up. You know, every time the ball came across to him, um, he could, he, he barely had time for a first touch, um, which is never, you know, really, you want when you're in a new position, especially, you want to kind of settle and grow into the game by having a bit of time on the ball, and that just weren't afforded to him. Um, I can kind of see why he was put there. I think kind of when when Robbie signed him first time around and then when we've re-signed him in his interviews about him, he's 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 kind of made point in reference to his his kind of his attributes physically. Um and, and I can only imagine it is a position in the pitch where you do need that engine and you do need, you know, you do need to be able you need to be mobile and it does seem that he's got a physique that, you know, he looks like a footballer. Um, just probably wanting a bit more from him in the opportunities that he's had with us so far, um, but I can only imagine. You know, he, he's on the training pitch day in day out. He's obviously out of contracts at the end of the season. Would we have re-signed him if we didn't think that he could contribute more in the second half of this season than what he did do in the first? You know, I wouldn't have. If it was my decision, I'd be I'd be kind of testing the waters and, and going elsewhere, even with the loss of Marley. But um, I think he's probably done enough in the background to kind of, you know, persuade the club to, to kind of um, pick him up again. And he's got a lot to prove because I don't see Sheffield United offering him a new contract. So um, he's got a lot to prove, which means he's going to have to play with a lot of desire. And um, just kind of, he's just one of them. I've not, it's a weird one. I think I am swayed by um, he kind of what hey, Robbie Stockdale's actually described him as a player and, and kind of, you know, looking at him as a presence on the pitch. He looks like he should be good. We've just not really seen it yet.
1: Yeah, I think what I think the biggest compliment I can give him from Saturday is I kind of agree with what Ryan said that he didn't really look like a right wing back, but I've not really thought he looked like a central midfielder either. when I've seen him play yet so far, so um, I guess I guess he was no worse there than he has been in midfield so far. But I think there is something there. Hopefully, over the over the coming months, we'll see a bit more from him. Um, it was a, a debut for the new man Paul Downing on Saturday, Rye. Right? Uh, how did you think he did? It was solid kind of debut, even if we didn't get the result.
0: Yeah, didn't do much wrong. Um, he looks like a leader, even though we would only been you know, in the door for, what was it, two, three, maybe four days or something like that. Um, looked steady. I don't think he's going to, he's certainly not going to be doing anything fancy. He's not an Owen O'Connell But what he is is, he looks like a solid, proper defender, and wants to get his head on the ball. You know, wants to put tackles in, and yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll do all right for us. Um, I think he's almost a perfect foil for an O'Connell, who I think we probably all agree was our best attacker. I think on Saturday, Um, so if it can allow him to get forward a bit more and join in, I'm all for it. because we need someone to do it. Um, so, yeah, I thought he had a solid debut and looking forward to seeing him in the back line all season now, to be honest.
1: Yeah, one, one more player I wanted to touch on from the Tramway game was Joel Coleman, Luke. Um, I mean, it, it you can't really get away from the fact that he was he was at fault for the first goal. To me, it seems like there's a, an acceptance from some of our fans that he is better than Jay Lynch. I'm not... Totally convinced, and he certainly won't be convincing me with with moments like that, will he? Yeah, I mean,
3: like we kind of had this conversation in the car, didn't we? And for me, you know, what for what Lynch lacks in stature in comparison to Coleman, I do feel as though he's got a better authority and about in a you know a, a safer aura. He, he, he can't. I feel more. He's far more composed. Put it that way. Um yes, Coleman probably is better at coming for crosses. That's but I think that's more so because that's a weakness of Lynch's game and you force into the comparison between the two rather than Coleman being an incredible, you know, cross getter. Um but for me, yeah, there's just been times of Coleman where he just looks a little bit jittery and a little bit indecisive, you know, coming off his line maybe or what have you, but that was shocking. That first goal was absolutely shocking, you know. Rustiness, whatever it might well be, there's no excuses for it. It was full on his mistake, and then he didn't really kind of, I don't know if he didn't have time or what, but he didn't get himself back into a position where he gave himself a chance of actually saving it anyway, either. Um, You know, so yeah, for me, it's hard to say Lynch is better necessarily. You know, he's still very tight, but if it was me, I'd, I'd be putting Lynch back in straight away after that performance.
1: Yeah, it feels like because there's not that much between them, you make one mistake like that and it kind of means by default you're going to lose your place for the next game, which I suppose in one sense is good because it means that there's always competition and no one's no one's um, like confirmed a place between the two of them. But at the same time, I guess it it's a bit of a worry for the defenders if they, they don't have that same familiarity with the same goalkeeper every week, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, there's a, that's a good point. You know, there is the, there is a point for continuity, especially in, you know, a back five, back six, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, I don't think we've actually had a... I can't think of a keeper that we've had that's been better than Josh Lillis, who we've had on a permanent since Lillis left the club. And Lillis, you know, Lillis split opinion, I thought, amongst the fan base, but I don't think we've had anyone as consistent or better than Lillis on a, on a permanent since he's gone.
1: No, I, I completely agree with that. I think, yeah, obviously people will point to Sanchez on loan, but that's just a freak kind of loan. You're not going to get many of them where a year later, they're regular starters in the Premier League. Um, but yeah, it seems like a, it's been a problem for us for a while now because, I mean, Bazunu never inspired confidence in me. Coleman just, it just seems like a nervous wreck to me half the time. Um, Lynch has obviously got his limitations and I think at one point last season I said he was probably the worst player in our squad so for me now to be saying that he should be starting kind of says where I stand with Coleman at the moment but it is a problem that, that one of them needs to fix I suppose in the remainder of the season because I don't think anything will change there in the transfer market but um, whilst we're on the transfer market let's dig into to some of the deals that have happened so far. I think it's fair to say there should still be some more incomings, maybe more outgoings but as things stand, it's, uh, it's two in, two out. Um, not not including Corey O'Keefe's loan ending uh, or, or George Broadbent's loan being extended. But the first player uh, out the door was Jake Beasley, chaff. Um, sounds like it was a good deal for, for the club money-wise, but he's going to be a big miss, isn't he?
2: Yeah, very big miss. Um, I don't think anyone, um, when he signed from Solihull, will Have expected us to be getting what we're we saying 300, 350 grand roughly, sell on clause, and him to go to the championship. I don't think anybody would have predicted that. Um, so fair play to, to BBM. Um, it's turned out to be a, a very true signing, I think. Um, and yeah, we'll miss him, we'll miss his work rate. Um, We'll miss his presence in the area and we'll miss his goals. Um, I know how we, we know he's not the most natural of finishers, granted, but we're still now without our top goal scorer. Um, and whether he can do it in the championship, I'm not convinced. But fair play to him and I hope that he I really hope he does. I really hope he goes and um, does well for Blackpool. I don't begrudge him the move and it does seem like it does sound like we've got a, a, a good deal for him. Um but yeah, I think I think we're gonna miss him. I think yeah, I, I'm really hoping that Luke Charman can can come in and, and hit the ground running. Um and realistically, he needs to, um, for, for our sake. I know that's putting a lot of pressure on someone who's come from the uh, Conference North, but we, that's what we need to happen, um, to replace the, the void, um, or to fill the void that, that Beasley's left. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's going to be a big miss, I think.
1: Yeah, Ryan, do you, what do you think in terms of Beasley kind of moving into the championship. I mean, I saw on the forum there was people being a little bit harsh on him comparing him to, to some of the poorer strikers from the past. But then I also thought people comparing him to Glenn Murray was a little bit over the top. Do you think he, he can cut it in the championship or do you think that might be a step too far for him? Because I think I'm in that camp at the moment.
0: Yeah, I keep um I keep my mind. I think if he adapts it he's never gonna he's not gonna be a goal scorer at that level. He's not going to get 15-20 goals in a championship, absolutely not. But then it, you sort of you think of some of the strikers who've played in a championship in the past, and even one we've got now in Gary Medine, not necessarily goal scorers, but what we are are really good foils for for a goal scorer, if you like. Um, I'm trying to think of you know, but even you could go as far as that Jukovic, I know he's scored, he's had a couple of seasons where he scored a lot of goals, but a lot of the times he has been almost just a battering ram for another a goal scorer, if you like. So he's going to have to adapt his game a little bit. Um, I hope he does. Do I see it? Probably not. Um, but yeah, I think if, if people are expecting him to go and be a goal scorer, I don't think he will be. I'm adamant he won't be. Um, but he works incredibly hard and he's going to have better players around him. So service might be better. So he might he might get goals. But you think of the opportunities and the space that he created for some of the players we've had. He's going to have players who are, you know, two, three times a player he's had around him at Rochdale. Um, so if he can get more goals out of people around him at that level, it, it could be a really important signing for Blackpool. But I probably see him as a backup um for a Dean. I think they see it. That way as well, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he does because, like you said, we've had strikers who've you know been streets ahead of what we think Beasley is. But I suppose, what do we know?
1: I've told you not to say that, mate, because then no one's gonna listen to the podcast.
0: Um, award winning, aren't we?
1: Oh, there he goes. First podcast of the year, it's already been mentioned, uh, Luke. I think what, one thing we would all agree on with Beasley going to, to the Championship is you won't uh, find a lack of work rate there and he'll certainly give it his all um, and trying to make it at that level. Do you think that's kind of the main thing we will miss about him is that work rate like Chaff touched on?
3: Yeah, for me, yeah. Because, you know, I, we've spoken about him before and, you know, we've had many better technical striker player, you know, that that's played for the club. Um, but you know, who I've taken you know less of a liking to, I suppose. Um as a football fan, you know, you can't not like watching someone play with that level of honesty and and, and endeavour that, that he does, you know, every single game. Um, you know, like when he when he got Sparko Plymouth away last season, you know, he got he got knocked out didn't he. Um bad injury. And then I, I think it was either the next game or maybe the game after that when he went in for that header against... Um, who was it now? Was it Krube, I think, um, where the, when when he was ch- he challenged the keeper and it was just like, no, you're not going for this, are you? No, 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 no. Don't go for this. Don't go for this. You know, you're ready to close your eyes because all you're doing is expecting him to, to come off the the, the west end and, um, you know, to put his head on it. And that's like his first game back after having an injury like that. And it's like... You know, you you can't help but not get behind that. Um, And and that's what he was. I think he, he, you know, he didn't really try to do stuff that he wasn't capable of, you know, but what he was good at was his, was his weight rate, his, you know, his bravery and his mobility. Um, And that's why, you know, probably I see him being more of a success at a Blackpool where, there's probably more emphasis on stretching a team and, and creating space for other players um, because, you know, they, they, they are always going to be considered, you know, generally speaking, a bottom-half championship team who may well be fighting relegation. Uh, then if you was to put him in a Sunderland or an Ipswich where, you know, he's, they're expected to score goals, to set the game to the opposition, opposition sit deep, that kind of thing. Um, so a bit weird in in that but um, yeah I'll miss him I I enjoyed what he brought to us as a team and I thought you know you could build a team around him if we had better players around him you know Beasley makes other players better as well through through what he you know what he brought to the table so um, you know yeah good deal for the club good deal for Beasley no doubt and um, you know wish him all the best hopefully it works out for him
1: yeah I think I think that's a view shared by a lot of Dale fans I think I would say just one point. I think maybe the the fact that he scored four goals in his last two games has maybe made it feel like a it's going to be a big bigger miss than it is. In my opinion, I think whilst he's whilst he was a good servant for us and and that work rate couldn't really be questioned at any point. I think in reality he's never really going to be an out and out goal scorer like's been mentioned there and because he had that little bit, of, little bit of form just before he went, it feels like we've sold a player who is more reliable in front of goal than, than he actually is. But, yeah, I, f- I think we all wish him all the best. And, and another player who's left us um, this month, Chaff, is Aaron Morley uh, on his way to Bolton and, and apparently made a great start um, in his debut on Saturday as well at the, at the Macron, but, well, the University of Bolton Stadium as it is now. But um yeah, Chaffer a good servant for us over over the time that he was with the club coming through the coming through the academy, but probably the right time for him to to move on and, and start afresh, would you say?
2: Uh yeah, possibly. Um he was out of contract in the summer. Um it's no surprise that he's gone now. Um at all. I don't, I, I didn't see him staying next season. Um if we were in League Two, which we Probably will be. Um, some would say hopeful it will be. Um, but is it the right time? Yeah, it possibly is. Um, to get a, a, a decent enough deal for him when he's out of contracts in the summer is a good thing as well. Um, and again, I hope he does. I hope he does well. Um, I, hope, I don't hope Bolton do well, but I hope he does well. Um, is another one that we'll, we'll miss. I don't think it's as big a miss as what the stats suggest it is. Um, all these passing stats and this, that, and the other, but he's, he's, for me, he never he didn't score enough goals um, from midfield. I know he's a he's not an attacking midfielder by any stretch of the imagination, but with the right foot that he's got and the fact that he, he, he took set pieces, um, penalties, he, he's and I think Stockdale alluded to it as well. He's a he's a centre midfielder that should be getting into double figures goals wise, um, and he was a million miles away from doing that. And he had a habit of, of losing possession in really key areas. Um, I could probably think of. At least three this season where where that's happened and we've conceded, um, but yeah, he's te- technically he's a he's a sound player. He's a, he's, he's got a great range of passing, um, and yeah, we, we, we will miss him. Um, I think it possible if we can bring in somebody who's a bit more defence minded than what than what he was, or at least better at it. Um, I think that allows Liam Kelly to push forward a little bit and and influence games a little bit more. Um, I thought we saw that in the Newport game um, that Kelly got forward a bit more and ended up getting the goal that his work rate and and movement deserved. So it would be interesting to see where we go from here um, because it it has left a a big gap in the midfield. Um, And yeah,
1: I hope it does well. And... I hope Bolton don't. Yeah, Ryan, right. do you think maybe there's a, now a, a pretty desperate need for another midfielder in there? I mean, at the time, I pointed that out what Chaff said, that Morley didn't play in that game against Newport and Kelly had a good game and it was probably our best performance of the season. But um, on Saturday, we saw kind of the weaknesses of Stephen Dooley in that position again with a few weak challenges and kind of just going missing for long periods. Do you think there's kind of a a desperate need for a midfielder in in that team as well now.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's a big ask. I think we're a formation we're playing. I I know I I say it every time we speak, don't we? But it's a big ask of your centre midfielders with this shape. It really is. I think um, you probably... I don't think it's... I don't see the shape as being Kelly going forward in a defensive midfielder we tend to be side by side all the time. Um so we need probably another box to box what we well what Stockdale seems to think Broadbent is, but one who actually is. Um I think I think Morley's going to be a bigger miss than we think. I think he's been almost we say this about every centre midfielder that ever comes through at the club but I think he's been mismanaged by both managers actually by Stockdale and BBM. Um underutilised. Um because I think he's an eight. I do. I think he, I think he's someone who can get forward. I think there's been too much pressure on him to do to do the defensive work when it's clear that he that's not his game. Um we had we had the same with Callum Camps and we had the same with Jamie Allen towards the end as well. Um but yeah, I think it was tough for him this season. He's still young. I think I watched an interview the other day and he's still 21 and it baffled me a little bit because um, it seems like it's, you almost expect him to say, yeah, I'm 24, 25 now. And and I'm like, well, God, 21. And he's played 150 games, was it? Um, so, yeah, we, we need to fill it. We definitely need another. Um, be, unless Broadbent becomes a player that I think we all hope he can be. And obviously a player he is on a training ground, evidently. Um, and if he can do that, then we possibly don't need another one because you've still got options with Dooley and um, um, But if Broadbent's not up to it, then yeah, we need another. But box to box, not defensive because I don't see that being the case in this shape.
1: Luke, I, I, Ryan's touched on a couple of those players there, but I, I did wonder where you sort of ranked Morley in terms of those midfielders that have come through our, our system in the last few years. I mean, we've got Camps and Allen, who, who who Ryan mentioned there. I mean, Dan had said we didn't see loads of, but Andy Cannon as well, who's now a championship club. Where would you rank Morley alongside alongside those three? Well, oh,
3: it's so, so different. Um, from a likability perspective, I think I like the other three more as as players so to what, you know, to watch and support. Um from an ability perspective. You know, Morley, technically speaking, probably between him and Camps, who who is are technically the better player. I think Camps had a bit more about him. Um it's a real tough question, man. Um probably for for me, Camps and Allen, um Camps and Allen followed by Morley and then Cannon. I think Cannon was just too erratic in his time with Dale and he was in and he was out and he you know um he, he moved on for the good of his career, I think. Um, So, yeah, that's how I'd rank him. Um, I think for this way, Morley, it's just so tricky to... I think he was stagnating a bit with us. I think a move was definitely needed for his career. And he is potentially the kind of player where if he does play at a higher level, where you may have more time on the ball, he's definitely got the ability then. Uh, Because I always thought he struggled when people got in his face and games started getting physical. And, you know, that, that, that side of the game was expected of him more. Uh, so if he's playing for a successful team that, that play football uh, where, where the opposition will stand off you, he might actually grow and, and kind of look look an even better player for it. Um, but, I mean, kudos. I mean, these are players that we've seen in our kind of, you know, our lifetime of, of, of supporting Dale. Camps, Allen, Cannon, Marley, they've all come through in the last 10 years. Prior to then, it was very rare, weren't it, where we had uh, an academy graduate? Um, so, I mean, you know, some good players there, aren't there? Um, players that have made the, the club money as well and, and have been good servants to the club when they were playing for us as well. So I just thought the conveyor belt continues because um, I think that's one thing we did definitely have at the club. with we under Key fill. I think BBM wanted to continue that, that whole ethos of how Rochdale's ran off the pitch, you know, and it comes from that academy kind of um the academy route and whatnot. And I hope we do continue with that. Um and I hope Riley's the next one. I hope he's ready to step in now.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's worth pointing out like the kind of play that's coming through the academy as well, like really technically sound. Whereas I think in the past we we did have players come through that were maybe more like uh naturally gifted, like Kevin Townsend was like a natural finisher. Matt Jukes was quite a a bit of an erratic goalkeeper at times, but he those players didn't strike you as the type that had kind of been moulded in the same way that a Camps or an Allen or, or a Morley has. So hopefully that's something that we'll continue to see uh, and hopefully Ethan Briley will be the next um, in a growing list of them. Uh, so in terms of incomings, we've kind of touched on him already, uh, Chaff, but Paul Downing, Comes in at centre half. Um, we said, I think. Well, I've certainly been saying. I felt we needed a little bit more experience at the back, and he's certainly uh, he's certainly going to provide that, isn't he?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think it's a. I think it's a really impressive signing. I know he's not had the the best of times at Portsmouth. Um, struggled a bit with injuries. Um, not been able to get back in the team, but got an absolute wealth of experience. Um a proper, no-nonsense, solid centre-half, and I think we've missed that. Um, O'Connell's a very different type of centre-half and is he's, he's very much a ball-playing centre-half, and he's very good at it, um, whereas I don't think Downing is anywhere near that type of player. Um, but if there's a player that I, I, I want heading, clearing, tackling... And, and just being as, as solid as a rock, it's, yeah, Down he, he fits that. So, I think it's a, I think it's a, a signing that we needed. I hope it's to partner O'Connell rather than replace him. There's still two weeks of the window, nearly two weeks of the window left. Um, so, nothing would surprise me, unfortunately, but I hope it's to partner him and rather than, rather than replace him. But, yeah, I, I I was impressed with that signing, and I'm, I'm I didn't watch it, but I'm I'm glad that he seemed to get off to a a solid start.
1: Yeah, Luke, it was on the right of the back three where we started on Saturday. I've seen a few people mention the the potential to play him as the central one of the back three, allowing O'Connell to step out more from the back. But obviously, O'Connell's been doing that anyway, hasn't he? From from the center central position, and I think we saw with the lack of pace when he played there against Port Vale, away, I think it was earlier in the season, that he can be found out a little bit there, O'Connell. So would you expect it to stay the same way with Dorset on the left and, and down and on the right of O'Connell? Or how do you see that one working out?
3: Yeah, I, I'd probably keep it that way. Um, you know, in playing in playing a back three, um, you know, one of the weaknesses against the formation of, of, of playing a back three is, is either getting counter-attacks or, or getting getting attacked down the sides when you, when your wing backs have, have pushed on a bit, um, and then that back three can get spread and leave holes. You know that's that's kind of like an obvious flaw in in that way in that setup, and probably doesn't suit O'Connell with regards to his weaknesses. Which you know if you've been very if you've been very critical, his pace, um, and, and like you said, it definitely didn't stop him from getting forward against Tranmere. Um, I've said it a few games this season there were, you know, it gets to the 70th minute mark and, you know, I'm kind of looking at it thinking, Clipping O'Connell's one of our best attacking players on the pitch here and he's our centre-half and I don't know whether that's a compliment to O'Connell or a criticism of the team or both um, or even a criticism of O'Connell for, for just doing it yourself, you know, that's not always the best thing to do but he's got so much ability. Like, I can't, you know, I look at the... Um, the appreciation group on Facebook now and again and I kick myself for doing it each time but there's there's fans on there that, that kind of are uh, wanting O'Connell out of the team and I, I just find it baffling I think he's for me I've not seen a better centre half in this division you know and he's just so comfortable with the ball at his feet for me he could go into the championship and play in the championship easily we had the debate with Beasley it's not a debate for O'Connell for me Um so, yeah, I'd, in answer to your question, Dean, I'd, uh, yeah, I'd keep it as that back three in, in, in that pattern.
1: Yeah, and fingers crossed, O'Connell isn't going anywhere. I think, yeah, I've said it a few times, I think there's a lack of appreciation for Owen O'Connell from some of our fans. I don't think people realise just how good he is. I'd go as far to say he's the best permanent centre-half we've had since Dawson. Um, I just think he's quality, and I think if you took him out of that team, I would worry, even with Downing there, I would worry about the defence because I think he makes it not only makes everything, keeps the team together at the back as, as a leader, but like you say, stepping out and the quality of the ball is on another level from anyone I've seen in League Two this season or, or previously. Um, cha, another signing has been confirmed today, just before we started recording. Uh, Luke Charman. Has arrived from Darlington, and that's a, that's a signing that's really exciting, isn't it, for us as fans? Because he has a pretty spectacular uh, goal record in, in na- the National League North this season.
2: He does, yeah. It's uh, it's a signing that I'm ex- I'm excited about. Um, there'll be nobody more relieved than Lee Brookfield, I don't think, um, who's been saying since December that he was coming, and then I think his ass has been twitching a little bit. But we've got the deal done. It seems to be a very good deal. Um, in terms of a fee, if you believe that the, the rumours um, seem to be less than 50 grand, um, which is an absolute steal, it seems, um, or it should be on paper. Um, I'm not naive enough to think that it's a guaranteed good signing. Um, we, we've seen strikers come from non-league and be excellent, like Scott Hogan and, um, and well, Jake Beasley as well, um, but we've also seen the John Shaws and the and Christies, so it's not a guarantee. But from what I've seen of him, uh, albeit only on videos, and his goal record, it's an. Ex- I think it's an exciting signing. I really do, um, and I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to seeing to seeing what he can bring. He seems to be good with with both feet. He seems to be good in the air. Um, he looks a better finisher than what Beasley is. I don't think that's harsh uh, to say. And I think he's got a better range of goals as well. Um he also seems to have a bit of a bit of an aggressive streak as well, because I think he's been sent off twice for Darlington this season. Um and maybe that was uh, something that we we've been lacking um in the squad, really. Somebody who's a bit a bit a little bit nasty. Um Maybe we're a little bit too nice at times. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to see how that goes. I think we've got to wait a couple of weeks before we before we see it. Um and I'd like somebody else to come in as well. Because I think we, we still needed um an extra striker when Beasley was here. So I'd like to see another attacking option come in and, and work with him.
1: Yeah, you've answered. All four questions I had on Luke Charming in well one answer there, mate. So, uh, well done. <laughs> Ap- apologies.
3: No, I just want to say, like, because I kind of cr- openly criticise, like, the, the potential lack of character in the team. And in part, that's come from kind of listening to the to the interviews from players when they join and whatnot, and them just coming across like they've got no personality at all. But for me, I've just kind of before, before the pod just watched his interview and... Um, Seems like someone who's kind of actually quite mature for his age. You know, I know he mentioned that he's got a young daughter and um, you just sense that, you know, well, rumour has it he's moved to us for the right reasons, given that there's a lot of competition for his signing as well. And uh, I think that just bodes well, you know, someone who's coming in, down to worth, wanting to progress the career. That's exactly the type of kind of player that we want to be attracting to the club. Um, I think he was, uh, I saw in the message board, someone highlighted that he was captain when he was at Newcastle under 23s as well and for me that's what we need we need those leaders coming through the team we need we need more of that um so as much as a good signing that he looks kind of as far as looking at highlights of him and 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 whatnot Darlington fans have been very pleased with him and it's had to see him go Uh, and I think that's another benchmark that you can use to kind of figure out whether it's going to be a good signing for us or not.
1: Yeah Ryan I guess I'll come to you just to see how you're feeling about this signing because I know you're you're a little bit more downbeat than the rest of us at the moment about kind of the rest of the season and the situation the club's in at the moment. So how, how are you feeling about the Charmman signing? Is it one that excites you or are you a little bit apprehensive about kind of an unproven uh, player coming in?
0: Um, I weren't jumping up and down when he, when he was announced, I'll be honest. Um, but I do think that he, he looks like, I think you've said it, he scores all sorts of goals at that level. Um, looks like he can use both feet he's um, got a couple of headers as well I didn't know about that about being captain of a Newcastle under 23s so that boards well I think um, if he's got a bit of personality and what have you um, it's a big step up you, know, you, you look at some of those goals when he's turning in the box and you think is he really going to be able to do that at this level um, but you know he looks like it you know, he's technically very good. So if he does get a chance, it looks like he can put it away. Um, you know, similar to Josh Andrews, when he gets a chance, he can put it away. I just hope that he has an effect on games overall, as well as being able to finish for your chance. Cause that's, that's something we'll miss with Beasley. Um, there's no doubt that Josh Andrews is a better finisher than Beasley, but he absolutely has nowhere near the same effect as Beasley in the team. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm going to wait until I see him properly. Um, I'm not negative about it, um, but I wouldn't say that I'm massively excited and, you know, going to buy a ticket for Colchester away just to see Luke Charman. Um, I want to see what is about. I want to see his personality on the pitch. And like I said, you know, yeah, you can be a finisher, but you've got to, you've almost got to do a bit more and you've got to create chances for yourself. Um, so, yeah, hope he can do that. It, it looks like it should be an exciting signing because, like I said, the videos we've seen, um, and he seems, like a, he seems like a genuinely nice fella on, on that interview as well. I think me and my dad were texting each other early and were saying, you know, it seems like a really a proper, you know, nice guy. Really, you almost listen to that and really hope it works out for him. Um, if rumours are to believe, to be believed, he's turned down a couple of clubs, or they've not worked out. We were, you'd expect paying more than we are. Um, So he's coming to play football. So yeah, let him play football. Don't put too much pressure on him, and, and hopefully he flourishes.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. I think it's one that we're all hoping to see, uh, to see work out at Dale. I mean. With, with Beasley going, there's pressure on him to come in and start scoring goals, but it looks like he's uh, he's certainly capable of doing that from the videos we've seen, so fingers crossed. That's exactly what happens. Um, I think there will be a few more incomings. Chaff, one I wanted to... One one rumour I wanted to come to you on because I think it's one you're quite excited by is Max Clark. He's um, been linked with us by Football League World. He's a, a left-wing back, which is an interesting one because it feels like maybe an area we don't particularly need to improve at the moment but he's been released by Fleetwood and it looks like Dale are interested at the moment doesn't it?
2: Um, Yeah I can understand why um, it looks like a a bizarre potential signing Um, for obvious reasons is that Corey's left Um, we don't know whether he's coming back and Clark doesn't play that side so I, I, I get the the apprehension, um, but it look it, he's a very highly rated player. He's just not been able to to, to break into the the, the Fleetwood team um, seemingly purely because of the form of uh, Danny Andrew, and he's he, he's he's gone and tried it abroad. He's gone and. To, just, my mind's gone black. I can't remember where he went to before. Where, where was that before? Um, Vitesse, Arnhem. Hull. Hull, Hull. Hull. that's yeah, Hull. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, at, at one point, he was very highly rated at Hull. Um, sort of back up to, to Andy Robertson, but that would be an exciting signing for me. I think he's the type of player that or Keith. Is but on the opposite side. Um one who wants to get forward as much as possibly can, uh, get deliveries into the box, um cause havoc for for the opposition fullbacks. And yeah, if it's 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 been rumoured today, so and that that he's ready to terminate his contract and, and join us on a free, half of that's come true. Um so we'll wait and see. It it might be we said this before with via text, but it, it might be almost a backup plan for if Corey doesn't come, albeit on the other side. Um, because when Keahan's fit, there is a right back there. Um there's no getting away with it. We do need a we do need another right back as well. Um but we are we do have Doan and we do have AD White that can play left wing back, but are they having the the impact on that side that, that Corey has on, on the right hand side. I don't think either of them have, have had yet. Matt um, Dorn won't do. And it wouldn't overly surprise me to see, to see Matt leave this window. Um, so it's an, it's an interesting one. I don't know I, I've only seen it rumored today. Um, but, be an interesting one, I think. That it's some he it might be somebody that, that Robbie really rates. Um, there's seen him, a lot of him coming through at, at Hull perhaps. I think it'd be a positive signing. It's not exactly what we need, and we still need a left back, even if he uh, a right back, sorry, or a right wing back if he does come in. Um, but yeah, I'd um, I'd welcome it, I think.
1: Yeah, and I think all Dale fans have got the fingers crossed that that right back is Corey O'Keefe. Um, right, how confident are you at this stage of that happening? It's looking less and less likely, isn't it, I guess, as the as the window stretches on?
0: Yeah, I'm not. Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised if it happens now. It, it seemed like one of those that if it was going to happen, it was going to happen almost straight away or in the first week. Um, obviously, I want it to happen. I can't see us getting a better right wing back if that's the formation we're going to play. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not um, almost, you know, I'm hopeful, but I'm not expecting it anymore. Um, but yeah, it, we, it's a position we need, and we need quickly um, because as we saw on Saturday. We evidently don't have the answer in house when Keo not fit. Um, so it's something that needs doing, um, and it needs doing. It needs doing it as quick as. And if it's not Corey or Keith, it needs to be somebody else, and it needs to be someone else quickly. Because um, we're running out of time now. I know, but I know Chaff said it's ten days left or something like that, which seems like plenty of time. But if you've put all your focus on Corey or Keith, then I mean, you, you know you're back to square one. It's not a lot of time, really. Um, so, yeah, see what happens. I, I really want it to be O'Keefe, as I think every single Rochdale fan does. Um, but, yeah, the longer it goes on, the longer I'm sort of going, he's not coming, is he?
2: Well, I think that's why um, it's been reported that we've given him and his agent more to the point um, an ultimatum, um, either... Either get the deal done, sign, or we are going to have to move on without you. Um, I think Fitz or Chris said it was this week. The end of the, by the end of this week, they'll. Uh, we we need to know. So I think that does give us enough time to go and and it and get somebody else. And I think Stockdale will know that without question. He'll have backup plans. Um. I think the Clark thing is, I think he's he's trying to recreate what Corey gives us, but on the on the other side. And if we've got Corey to do it as well, magnificent. If we haven't, we have still at least got potentially what 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 Corey offered. Um, we definitely need a right back, and I, th- I think whether what all said today on Twitter about not having about being patient and we're not going to. Go for a second choice unless we know we can't get our first choice. I think that was specifically um, aimed at, at, at Corey O'Keefe. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that we will have second, third, and fourth choices for a right back position. Um, uh, we'll definitely see somebody come in, whether it's Corey or or not. I mean, we all want it to be, don't we? But there'll, there'll be a contingency plan, and it's it, the ball's in seemingly in in Corey's and his and his agents. Mark. Uh,
1: and Luke, some of some of the other players that we've kind of been linked with, um, I guess we don't know kind of the validity of some of these rumours, but now Mar from Halifax is a name that's been mentioned. Joe Nuttall, uh, Blackpool striker, Dean Campbell is a midfielder from Aberdeen. Uh any of these names kind of jumping out at you? And is there anyone else that you kind of noticed that, that might be available in the in the final weeks of the, the window that you'd like to see come in?
3: Um, well, I always remember uh, the Halifax lad having an absolute stinker against us in the um, Johnson's Paint a few years back uh, when he played for Bury. Um, he stood out to me that I do, I do tend to watch the opposition more than Dale. I'm a bit weird like that, but he stood out to me as uh, being very poor that that night. But um, that's not like you know, that's not a kind of that's not a definitive kind of. Um, evaluation on him not being good enough. He's obviously gone to Halifax, he's impressed, he's a captain, he's a captain there. So, again, you know, I've not seen much of him, but again, if he's captain of Halifax in the league below, um, I think they're doing all right, aren't they, in the, in, in the league, I think. You know, he, he can't be that bad, a, that, that bad a player. So, yeah, you know, seems all right. Uh, Joe Nuttall, I remember him when he broke for at Blackburn a little bit, he kind of burst onto the scene a little bit, Um because I remember it was at a time when we were kind of, we were in League One as were well, Black, uh, Black, Blackburn at the time. Um, and he had a, a a good reputation, but he's done nothing since then. He's not done a single thing. So it's kind of like, is he what you need? If it was, it'd have to be on our terms, really, with regard, with regard to kind of, here's your opportunity to resurrect your career, rather than here's an opportunity where we're going to give you a, you know, three-year deal or whatever it might well be. And, you know, you're going to get paid for the next three years, no problems, you don't need to push yourself. Um, but he's a bit of a portrait, I think, uh, which is kind of what we have been wanting. Um, albeit his goal record isn't amazing, but if you did have a look at his goals, which I did, um, his goals do tend to be strikers' goals. Um, so, yeah, again, I'd take it as long as it kind of made financial sense. Dean Campbell's an interesting one. He seems like kind of on paper, one of them where you think lead to, really? Can we can we get someone of that age who's kind of played that many times in the SPL for one of the better teams in that league as well? Um, can we kind of, can we pick someone up like that? I've got no idea what kind of player he is, but based on paper, that would be, you know, that would be a good signing. Um, but that seems to have gone quiet a bit since, since that rumour kind of came out. So you just don't know what to believe, do you? Um we spoke about um Armand Nandoule, didn't we, he was previously at Blackpool, he's playing at Hearts. I know um Tram May were linked with him before they signed Kane Emmings at the weekend. And I just wonder normally when it's in the press and a team's getting linked with someone, it's normally because that someone is actually available. Um so I just wonder someone like that, he's always been Nanful playing against us. Big, big mobile target man, proper handful, and actually he got quite a few goals for Blackpool, so um yeah, if you're gonna ask me kind of who may be available that you wouldn't mind seeing playing for Dale, um, he's the one that springs to mind.
1: If we were to sign another striker at this point, I would imagine it would be someone of a different profile. Um, I would imagine with Andrews being there. We'd maybe look for someone else who could probably slot into one of the newbie inside forward roles as well as playing up front. But yeah, I would love to see Nandu Lee in a Dale shirt, so good shout. Um So lads, we'll finish off with our game. We've got Bradford on the way to Scotland this Saturday, so uh, the game I've picked out is a 4-2 win for Dale at Valley Parade on the 29th of December 2012. So that was our first season back in League 2 after relegation from League 1 last time around. Um, Chaff, you won the Christmas quiz, although it was just you versus Ryan um, because Luke fobbed us off. So (laughs) Jeff I'll let you go first and then Ryan you can go second and Luke you're first so that's any play from Dale's team to beat Bradford 4-2 on the 29th of December 2012.
2: What's it what season was that? The first after being relegated. Yes. Uh, so it would have been
1: just before Keyfill came back I think.
2: So it'd have been yeah it been the the summer before Coleman, or just before, uh, just well, the, while Coleman was in charge. I think
1: Coleman will have been in charge here. Yeah, Coleman took. Uh, remember, he took over halfway through the relegation season. Yeah, Josh Lillis. Josh Lillis is correct. Um, Bobby Grant. Yep, correct. It took. Correct. Um, George Donnelly. Yes, came off the bench.
0: Ask the Grimes.
1: Yep, scored that day alongside top. So. McIntyre, left back. Kevin. Correct.
2: Who's um, another one? Cormans. Cormans. Oh, did Terry Garnell did he
1: score? Yeah, Terry Garnell scored twice before Donnelly replaced him.
0: Uh, Phil Edwards.
1: Correct. Doing all right, aren't we? Stephen Darby. Incorrect, he was on the oh. opposite team. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: Uh, Joe Rath, correct.
0: Um, Deliadibola.
1: Yeah, he was on the bench. Uh, trying to think of
2: Coleman's cronies. Oh, that's Crouch, winger called Potro where Potro
1: Yeah, another one who came off the bench.
0: <clears throat> uh, there's one or two, and I don't know which one to go for. Peter Cavanagh.
1: Correct. I think you're two away from the starting eleven. Ian Craney. Oh yes, he was on the bench. Oh thank God for that. <laughs> I thought he'd won it there. So did I, with your Paul.
0: Yeah. Oh shit. We're missing two out of a starting eleven.
1: Think so, yeah.
0: No. Um, just trying to think of scouts Rockstone players now. Uh, might
1: just do one
0: actually. I think we're missing a centre half. We must be. I think. So was it? Was it Ryan Edwards?
1: It was Ryan Edwards, correct? Oh, you and just had that ready to go. So I did. I think that actually might be the starting <laughs> eleven. There's one that I can't remember you saying, but I assume you have. Which leaves you with three subs, one of whom I would be stunned if anyone got.
2: Is BBM still here then? Yeah. I'll go BBM. Correct.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> we've not got a sub keeper, have we? No. I don't know who that was <laughs> I don't think I've got a clue which, which means the other one must be the person to be stunned if we got so I'm between a bit of a rock and an hard place here aren't
1: I unless the sub is the person I'd be stunned if you got
0: yeah that's not a bad yeah fair play which makes me want to assess somebody but if it's wrong I sound well stupid you've got
1: to do it I think mate at this stage
0: <laughs> was it was it
2: Peter Corrupts?
1: incorrect Geoff, do you know it because you've got faces if you might
2: no I, I ain't got a
1: clue of the subkeeper is it
0: my next one would be Robbie my, Thompson
1: no well I'll tell my, you You he never if, played a game for us I'd go Matt I'd go Matt Edwards if I had
2: to, to guess the sub goalkeeper
1: no it, it's someone called Ben Smith yeah your faces may it all um, did anyone say Reese Bennett?
3: I was gonna say, well, he was my next one. <laughs>
1: yeah, so he was the only person missing, I think, from the from the uh eighteen, but a great effort, fellas. I think Reese Bennett probably should have been guessed before Peter Curuch, but, uh, but there we <laughs> go. <laughs> um lads, it's been a pleasure um recording again. It's been far too long. Hopefully there won't be uh, so many postponements and we can be back chatting about Dale and preferably a few wins in the not too distant future so all that's left for me to say on this one is thanks very much Chaff yeah nice one cheers mate cheers right yeah no, cheers Dean nice one Luke cheers mate cheers Lance got you all next time over over now